Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Hahn, and this is episode 40 of the podcast, Guided Self-Healing, Fearless Living. And today is February 27th, 2022. I'm behind the times, clearly. And uh, this is episode 40, and this episode is called, You Can Know Your Inner Truth. So knowing your inner truth is very important. It's very important in your life because you have to know what's really true for you, not what is the truth, but what is really true for you, what is your truth. And it's also very important in terms of healing. So we're in chapter four of our book, which is how you can access your inner wisdom and uh, know your inner truth. And so because... In the context of doing healing work, you have to know what the most important thing to work on is. You have to know where it originated, where the crystallizing events were, because everything after that is an echo. And you have to know if there's more that the being needs who's sharing their story other than just sharing their story. While you choose to be them, while identifying with the one who's doing the choosing, and then bears witness to them and holds them with an open hand with love and grace. So we use muscle testing to find your true highest intention, to find what's called the root cause and to find if any other practices or interventions are needed. But you can use your inner wisdom for everything from you know, knowing what foods are best for you and ask your body, to knowing what's really true for you in terms of how you want to live your life, because that knowing is there. So we're going to talk about that today. And I want to start with an overview um, of what I mean by this. And then we're going to talk about what's called muscle testing, or it's also called kinesiology, or in the field of psychology, it's now called ideomotor cueing, a big phrase which tries to make something very scientific out of something that is on one level very materially oriented and another level I think is a revelation of soul which is what I think muscle testing really is it's like a way of accessing the soul through the body okay so muscle testing or idea motor cueing or kinesiology well in order to understand this you know this tool because muscle testing is a tool, it's a way to ask questions that you may have no conscious knowing of. So I could ask you a question and you wouldn't know what it means. Uh, I could ask in a foreign language, I could ask about something you've never heard of and yet your body would know. And so the first thing I wanna talk about is how could that possibly be? That you could have access to knowing something that on a conscious level, you don't even know the language, you've never heard of the question or anything. And in order to do that, we have to talk about levels of wisdom. And in order to talk about levels of wisdom, we have to talk about how I believe things really are as opposed to how they appear to be. So for most of us, <clears throat> we think that life is top down or to put it differently, we think that the mind or the head knows everything. It knows what's true for us. It knows what we desire. It knows all of that stuff. It's the apex, it's the epitome. It's, uh, you know, it's the ultimate, right? But in fact, I think it's the other way around. I think really our deepest knowing is from the bottom up. So really, what is our mind? 
our mind, which I think has the power of one, it doesn't know what we desire. It doesn't know what's really true for us. It doesn't know these things. But once you access, you attune to what's really true for you, what you know to be true. And given whatever you know to be true, you move up from your gut to your heart and you say, what do I truly desire given what I know to be true for me? Then the head starts to figure things out and says, well, maybe I can help you think through how you might get there um, in some very pragmatic way. So the head, from my point of view, is in terms of this kind of wisdom, it's the densest energy. So we call the head the wisdom of the conscious mind, right? The head is what you can figure out. So if I say, someone says to me, what's your name? I'd say, oh, I know that name's Andy. Or they say, Andy, how much is two plus two? I say, well, I have a graduate degree. I can figure that out, it's four. But you know, if they say, Andy, what do you truly desire in life when you're really alive or Andy? Why do you have depression and what ought you to do about it? You quickly run out of your conscious knowing. And uh, so I'd say, I have to find out someplace else because my head can't figure that stuff out, right? So we're gonna say the head has the power of one, the conscious, the wisdom, the conscious mind that we think is running the show really has the power of one. And it's really from my point of view, a servant. So then if we go down to the center of the chest, we could talk about the wisdom of the unconscious mind, which is really a kind of uh, deeper wisdom. And it's the kind of wisdom that comes through when you have a dream. So your conscious mind can't figure that out. Or uh, when you say, what is it I really want to do? Given that I know what's true for me, what do I really want to do? It knows that also. So it's like that second level, it's like, you know, asking uh, your soul what it wants. And you can get answers to that. So that's the second level. We call it the wisdom of the unconscious mind. And from my point of view, if our heads get the value of one, this second level, which is sort of like our feeling state or unconscious mind, gets the value of the speed of light. But then there's a third level of wisdom. The third level of wisdom does not have a lot of good names in the West. And the East has a lot of good names, or in Aboriginal cultures, it has a lot of good names. It's called Qi in China. All the Qi in China, right? All the Qi in China. But really what we're saying is, what is Qi? It's a life force, like Tai Chi. Or in Japan, it's called Ki, like Reiki. What's Ki? It's the same idea. It's a life force. It's the animating principle. Or in India, it's called Prana, or it's called Shakti. There are words for this principle everywhere except of course in the rational west we uh, don't look at that energy and uh, i would say if the wisdom of the conscious mind gets the value of one and the wisdom of the unconscious mind gets the value of the speed of light this wisdom and energy that animates us which is our life force and deepest intuitive knowing gets the value of the speed of light squared it's sort of as a bridging wisdom between the worlds of matter, infinite worlds, worlds of spirit, you could say, 
the infinite. Then, of course, there's a fourth level of wisdom, which is infinite knowing. And infinite knowing is when we have no identification at all with a particular, because we know we're the universal. So if we took another metaphor that we talked about before, cells and bodies, right? And we said, well, there's this mystical concept that we're like cells in the body of life, just as our cells, our three trillion cells, our cells in the body of us, right? Well, let's look at this. On the first level of wisdom, that individual cell would identify with its surface area, and it would say, I'm different from everything else, right? On the second level of wisdom, it would begin to touch into the template, which would be, in cell's case, the DNA, and it would get start to get wisdom from some inner place. Say, so, you know, I have some idea. I know what's going on in the rest of the universe. It's because it's touched into the template, right? Now, on the third level, it would say, on a personal level, I have access to everything because I can really touch into the whole template, the whole of the DNA, it's in it within me. But I still identify on some level with the particular, but I have access to the universal because I have access to the template. And that's the third level when you say, wow, it's like, I'm still Andy, but I have access to everything in the whole universe. Of course, the fourth level is when you don't have any identity at all. You are just this evolving template. And then you say, I just appear to be what I am on the surface. I appear to be different from everything else, but I truly am everything. We are all the same life force. And I have no identification in any egoic way with the surface of the cell or Andy or the body or life or death. There is no identification. And when there's no identity, right? There's no I then it would become truly an evolving wave. You could say we stop identifying it all as a particle and we become a wave. And the wave, of course, you can't point to. It's just a process. You know, it's like you can point to the doorway through which we go, we enter into things, right? It's called an entrance. You, you can't really point to entrancing. It's like an opening into something, but you can't point to the thing. It's magic. Right? So that's that's when we totally identify with the world in this way, life becomes truly magical and mystical. Um, even while we're buying toilet paper or doing whatever we're doing, because of course we take care of the matter, but we don't think it truly matters, except in so far as it's a vessel. In that way, we honor it deeply because we know that as above, so below, and it is a manifestation, it is manifest that which is truly energetic. And it, it's really when you become the universal, and when you become the universal, everything's happening simultaneously. It explains why, of course, that there is no such thing as locality at all. It explains why all information is happening simultaneously and there's no such thing as the past or the future. There's only things happening in a layered way right now. And that of course is the wisdom of our work because we say that even the aspects of our being that are traumatized that you can experience, they're not in the past. 
they're living right now as body sensations, right? Whether it's three-year-old you or you from, you know, the French Revolution or your great-great-grandmother on your father's side or all of your ancestors or some little green woman from Alpha Centauri or you from the future in this lifetime or future lifetimes. You know, it's all happening all at once, which is why we can touch into the temple and we can know things that on a rational level are totally unknowable and we can change the past and we can change the future because we're no longer identified with time or identity of ourselves or anything. And so of course we can change the past and you can literally feel it. I mean, as I told you, I think in an earlier podcast, you know, the woman who I was working with her son on something that was genealogical on her side and you know, he came out, she was there in the waiting room and said, did you work on something on my side? Because I could feel his transformation in my body and I had a sense of it anger and even I had a sense of who it was about. So the world truly becomes mysterious at that point because we're not limited by what looks like our uh, solid self. You know, we become permeable to everything, but we don't just wash away because it's a choice. So four levels of wisdom. <clears throat> now, of course, the next thing we want to say is you can use your body as a means of communication for this wisdom. And how does that work? Well, we start with this idea that the body is kind of like a psycho-spiritual truth teller. And we can say that in two ways. The first is when you just know something is true for you, when you're really aligned with life, and it's really true for you, you feel stronger. You actually feel stronger. The reason you feel stronger is because you are stronger, right? Uh, and let's you take the classic examples of that, which I think I've talked to you about in another podcast, but I don't remember, but you know, probably did, of you know, a 120-pound mother and the car, you know, rolls over her toddler and she has to pick up a 2,000-pound car. She weighs 120 pounds. And she picks up the car enough that that toddler can get out. And it's not about adrenaline because you can pump her through, you know, you pump her with adrenaline forever, but that wouldn't do it, right? She'd still not be able to pick up the car. But when you're aligned with life and you say, I have to pick up that car, then you just pick up the car. And then you say to somebody, how could you do that? You weigh 120 pounds, that car weighs 2,000 pounds. You say, I just know I can do it. Why? Because they're no longer identified with a 125-pound woman. They're identified with life. And life is very powerful. It's certainly powerful enough to pick up a car or enough to get your toddler out. But of course, you try to do it through willpower. So I'm going to pick up my car. <clears throat> you know, that's conscious wisdom. I'm thinking it, I'm going to pick up that car. But we don't truly believe it. We truly believe that it wouldn't be like that white knuckling. Do it through an affirmation or do it through willpower. Because uh, you do it through a willingness, you do it through a receptivity. It's not you impose yourself on life, it's that you open to life and then it reveals itself through you. you know? So it's uh, starting to be, starts as an actively receptive process and then it becomes an actively assertive process. But you don't start by saying, I am aggressively going to impose my will on life because life is like, really? Well, I don't think so, because I'm bigger than you are. But when you align with me, you 
could have all of who I am because you are me. And you haven't yet set yourself up in opposition. You've set yourself up in alignment. So you say, I am that temple. I'm not him. And as that temple, it's the same life force everywhere. So I am everything. And everything is who I am. And I have access to all of that amazing knowing. Right? So, four levels of wisdom. Conscious, unconscious, the wisdom and energy that animates us and the infinite knowing. And we know we're not anything limited at all. It's just an illusion we've had, right? So <clears throat> the body, we say, it can be a means of communication for these much deeper levels. How is that so? Well, we just ask our body to do it. We ask our body to do what it's doing naturally anyway, which is when something is true for us, even if we didn't know it was really true for us, we get stronger. And when something isn't true for us, we get weaker. And we have access to all knowing. So we can ask anything. And if it's in the service of healing and evolving and you know, service to service, then we access a much higher vibration. If it's in service to ego, we access a much lower vibration because then we're identified with the matter. We say, well, you know, I want to have like all the riches in the world, but it's not like we're doing it in service to anything. We're just doing it because we're identified with wanting to have something gratifying and at that point we get an answer that is an equal vibration to the level of the request so it's not really doing anything more than just identifying with our ego so we will get an answer if our concerns are materialistic and egoic and gratifying but uh, it may not be the answer we think we're getting and that's all i can say about that but in the service of healing and growth for ourselves and for all of life, you get a very high vibrational answer. And you can start asking anything you like, anything you can't know the answer to. You can ask, which many people do. They ask about foods or supplements or chiropractors ask about, you know, what is the right uh, kind of adjustment to make? Well, we just use that same idea to say, what's really the most important thing for you to work on? And is it something you're even aware of? And your deepest knowing knows this, even though your surface consciousness doesn't have a clue. And we can ask anything. We can ask if it's on a piece of paper that's sitting in front of me. And they say, but I've never seen that piece of paper. But then I'd say, well, of course not. You haven't seen it. But the part of you that just is the piece of paper doesn't have to see it because it's just the same energy. It's just part of the template because everything is part of the template. So of course it knows the piece of paper and what's on the piece of paper and what everything on that piece of paper means because on the level of the template we have access to being everything and having all the wisdom and information that is in the whole universe which is of course how we can take one cell and clone a whole universe you know called dolly the sheep you take one cell from another sheep and you make a replica how do you do that all the information is there simultaneously so it's the same our bodies are like that all the information of the whole universe is there. And if we're doing it in a high enough vibration, which is you know, love or light or courage or service or whatever it is, we get these very high vibrational answers. And whenever you're doing something about healing and evolving for yourself or for the universe, 
the level of the vibration actually goes way up. So we then ask our bodies questions and if our body becomes stronger, the answer for most of us is yes. A few of us are reversed, it's like being left-handed. But for most of us, if we get stronger when you know I push on a muscle, right? The answer is it. And when I get weaker when I push on the muscle, the answer is no. And it's not something we can control. In fact, if we try to control it, it's like, you know, one of my teachers once said, if we try to control it, it's like a quark and an atom and a tail of the dog trying to wag the dog. It doesn't have much control. So we identify with that quark. We're not going to get any replacement if we say, oh my God, we're the whole universe. We are the dog. We are the everything. And of course, we can get answers that are, that are true for much greater aspect of ourselves. And so that's what we do. And we start asking questions and um, you can ask anything you want in the service of healing and growth. And if you're in my office, what I do is I just press on your arm. And if the answer is yes, you know, um, your arm will just stay up and I can press really, really hard and your arm will just stay like steel. And if the answer is no, if it isn't true for you, you can try to use all your willpower and I can press lightly with one finger and your arm will just go down. So then you say, well, how do I do it for myself? And how I do it for myself is you can, of course, muscle test yourself. So you just, if you can see this, you just, you know, you can put your arm out straight or put it crooked and then you just press on your forearm. You know, give me a yes if you see this. And you're pressing on the forearm and give me a no and your arm goes down. And you can do the same thing. The way I do it is my body just becomes a pendulum. And so if I say, give me a yes, show us what a yes is, my body just moves forward. And believe it or not, my dear friends, practice, you know, anybody can get adequately good at this. It's just like you have to just trust the process because you think about it, your attention goes up and then you're madder again. So it's just like, yeah, of course it works. I mean, yes, my body will just go forward. Give me a no, I just go backward and then we can ask anything you want. So then people say, well, that's nice, but what do we do if you're not in my office? And I say, well, just think about the template again. This is how you can understand surrogate muscle testing. If you've ever heard of muscle testing, you say, well, how can you muscle test somebody if they're on the moon right now and it takes time for the information to get there, except we know that everything's happening simultaneously. If we could show a way to show that, right? Because everything is affecting everything um, at such a distance that it's affecting things that are, you know, further away than the speed of light squared in terms of the information traveling. But the information doesn't travel because it's all happening simultaneously everywhere all at once, that's the key. So I just tune into the template and if nothing is stopping me, you know, when you're in Peoria or Taiwan or the moon or wherever, I just focus there. It's like focusing in that DNA, the energetic DNA, so to speak. And everything is there, including you, including me. So I just focus there and then it's like, I become promoted. I become that animating process that's manifesting now as whoever my client is. And then if I said, my name is Andy, it'll say, no, if you could see it, said, my name is Susie, as with Susie, it would say yes, because I'm now so attuned to that, that it's like I'm muscle testing Susie, even though Susie is, you know, light years away. So all the answers are there right now. And, uh, that's the deal. So in the context of this book, in this chapter, 
what we do is you come in with some kind of intentions. You know, you say, you share something. You say, I know what's true for me. And if I could have what I truly desire, if I could have what I aspire to or intend, what would it be? And you'll tell me something. Anything from, you know, I want my back pain to go away to my anxiety or my depression or my bad relationships or my alienation, or I tried to create something and, you know, I have a sense something's blocking me. I have this like knowing of what I'm supposed to be doing, but something's keeping me from doing it. Uh, we can find out if any of those are the most important things or if they're symptoms of some deeper theme, or if we don't have to work on a blocked intention at all, but you know, you just have to put more energy into uh, the truth that's already happening, which you can do. Nothing's blocking it. So take care of whatever's blocking it and then you master that and then you put more and more energy into knowing that it's happening already. And then life will take care of it. So then you get rid of the block and then you fully just experience and manifest that it's already happening. You feel it in your body and you live it until because in that way our beliefs do create reality you know um, when we have unconscious beliefs they create reality too but if we can be in a different relationship with them it's great so we use it to find out if the things you think are your problems if you're coming in with a problem is really your problems or symptoms or something deeper we find out where it originated because everything after that is going to be just an echo and we ask whoever that is do you need anything other than just sharing your story while we go through the place and courage and curiosity and acceptance? And if they say, yeah, we need EMDR, you know, which is to cross the midlines, or we need to do some tapping, or we need to do a connection of the frontal and occipital lobes, or we need to do a letting go process so we can go to the light, or we need to use a vibrational practice, you know, anything we can think of that we can ask. More things you know, the more you might find the most simple, powerful key that will unlock the trauma and set you free. The most simple and powerful key to unlock the trauma and set you free. Well, it's not quite a haiku, perhaps. That's a little poem. So, with that, my dear friends, thank you so much for listening. And practice tuning in like if you get one thing from this and you really want to know what's true for you don't try to figure it out i mean if it's you know one of those things it's a small thing you can try to figure it out because you can put down the pros and cons and all that if it's rational but for the big decisions in life like uh, say what's really true for me the head isn't in much use because it's not logical there's a logic to it that knowing it's the same logic what is really true for me? You put your hand on your belly, you bring all your attention there, and then you bring your hand on your heart and you say, Given what's true for me, what do I really desire? What I'm aligned with, what's true for me? Then you bring your hand to your head and say, Okay, can you help me know the best way to go about doing this? And having said that, my friends, until we meet again, my name is Andy Hahn, and you can always reach me at ahan, A H A H N, at lifecenteredtherapy.com if you want to. Find our, about our work, just go to lifecenteredtherapy.com and you will find everything about our work and all of our certified practitioners. And if you write me, I will get back to you. And 
we do therapy with people all over the world, not just me, because as I've told you all, the framework is really important and all of us do muscle testing. And you can learn with us because of course we wanna share this with everybody and uh, you can guide your own self going and do it with your friends. And it truly is fearless. You know, it takes a lot of courage to go into those places that you wanted to avoid. At least then you're free. So here's the freedom. And until we meet again, goodbye. <laughs>